Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hoop Ball DFS Today. I'm your host, Santino Cacone. I've done two of these new ones now, so you might be a little familiar with me. Uh, and I do have a somewhat familiar face on here. Uh, we have a lot of new turnover for our DFS team, which is exciting. Uh, you guys met myself. You guys met Steve um, the other night. And a couple nights ago, you met Aaron. Uh, I am pleased to welcome back a, a semi-regular, uh, a guy who got about a month in for us, and we're very pleased to have him back, David Menkoff. Uh, David, how is everything going? Uh, tell the viewers a little bit about yourself. We've had a, what, four-month layoff now. They might have gotten unfamiliar with you. Uh, is there anything you want to let the viewers know? Absolutely. Thanks for the intro. Uh, in terms of kind of just giving viewers uh, at least a chance to catch up and get familiar with me, um, I guess my background is, is pretty heavy in the DFS world. Um, I've been playing for about uh, five-plus years now. Um, I've really loved every aspect of it. I play a lot of cash, a lot of GPP type games, um, all types of formats, and really excited to to get on get on the show with you and then really getting ready to get a lot of this basketball underway. So re- really exciting times. Yeah. And uh, David will, when we hit the regular season, David will be our weekend warrior per se. He will be on our Friday shows with myself and our Saturday shows with uh, the golden boy, Mike Apatria. Yes, I have to give him a little bit of praise. Uh, we, we're kind of a frenemy. I don't like that word, but it uh, it fits it perfect. But yeah, this is going to be exciting. Um, and we're looking forward to helping you guys out. One weird thing that is probably going to happen with these preseason podcasts, I already know a couple teams that I myself did with, with Steve and Mike. Things are already changing. Um, we were talking about the Heat the other day with uh, without Bam Adebayo there and Kendrick Nunn. The next day, Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn are there. We were talking about De'Aaron Fox possibly missing a few games. I just heard the news today. He wants to play game one. So uh, things are going to change from what you hear here, but we're going to try and big, give you those that big news before everything happens and what we feel like happening. And then when the day slates come there, then we'll tell you exactly what happens when we have a pricing and when we have um, the actual like uh, schedule out there or when we're looking at the schedule. But right now we're looking at hitting four different teams, uh, four teams that are looking at different ends of the spectrum. The first one is the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are out without their best player, Bradley Beal. Uh, they're out without their second leading scorer and the guy who has the third most minutes on their team, Davis Bertans. Uh, they're also right now uh, Gary Payton the third. I'm he's not with the team as of now because of uh, the coronavirus and Gary Matthews or Garrison Matthews is also not with the team because of a personal issue. Uh, 
those two last guys aren't really big, but those first two are massive, massive people that just opted out and are not playing. And another big new storyline is Thomas Bryant. His conditioning is not up to par. He had coronavirus and he was hurt before the break uh, in the middle. So those are those are the three big things we're going to look at. Uh, Dave, you want to kick us off? Tell us what you how do you look at the Wizards who some say shouldn't even have made the bubble, um, but they're they're still I guess within reach with that four game when all they have to do is finish within four games of the Nets, who are another team that is just battered. But without Beal, Bertans, and Thomas Bryant um, conditioned, how do you? what are you looking at for the Wizards? Are you staying away from them, or are there some people out there that you're looking at? It's funny you mention that. Uh, the Wizards were actually one of, my, one of my most popular teams. Whenever they were <laughs> on the slate pre-COVID, it was an exciting time because you knew you were going to get some absolutely – bonkers uh, point potentials with with so many different players uh Bradley Beal of course and Bertans especially and with those guys out um I think it's certainly a huge opportunity for some other guys uh, knowing that their defense is is less less than ideal um on that that end of the floor uh (laughs) I would say there's there's quite a few ways to look at the Wizards uh I would start uh looking at from a DFS standpoint definitely a lot of interest in Rui Hachimura um, mm-hmm. He really started to show show flashes um, in his rookie year pre um, pre restart, and and he I, I think is going to benefit a lot. He's going to get a lot more touches. Um, he definitely has a lot of potential to to rack up uh, a, a fair amount of DFS points. I think in, in this in this upcoming restart, as well as another guy that I actually targeted quite a bit uh, whenever Bradley Beal was uh, was taking rest days right before right before um, we paused. Troy Brown Jr. Yep. That, that has always been looking for opportunities, and I think he's another guy that up huge DFS type of numbers. Um, so those are my top two targets with this little sprinkle of, of Thomas Bryant uh, interest as well. Awesome. Uh, you kind of, to me, I'm going to steal a, a phrase from uh, Mike. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head from my perspective. Uh, Rui Hachimura. I mentioned the two leading scorers are out with Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans. And I said number one and number three in minutes played on the season per game are out. The number two minutes played per game uh, is Rui Hachimura. He was also averaging the third most shots on the team at 11.1, slightly under David Bertans' 11.3. You have to think with Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, that Rui is now the de facto number one. Um, 15 shot attempts. Sounds extremely reasonable with room to grow. Maybe 15, 16, 17. Uh, He was playing about 30 minutes per game before this. You have to think that he's a young guy. They they don't really need to preserve him. He wasn't injured or anything. I can see him getting 35, 36 minutes. And with that extra shot percentage and and now the de facto number one, he's looking really good. And if if Troy Brown Jr.'s, or I'm not Troy Brown, um, if Thomas Bryant is not conditioned well, he might even get some minutes at center, and he's looking at near double-digit rebounds probably. So to me, I think Rui is the biggest benefactor with all this, as you said. And number two, um, yes, Troy Brown Jr. So the thing I like about him is, especially with Bradley Beal gone, I think they want him to facilitate the offense. They want him to run the offense. They want him to be the starter at small forward coming into next year. They wanted it this year. It kind of was hit or miss, um, but I, I see him really getting a lot of ball handling and a lot of initiating that offense. And that's a cheap target. Like you mentioned, he's, I don't think he's going to cost 
more than 4,000, maybe five tops. And you're going to get a guy who's, who's going to be like the, the guy who's creating the offense. Um, and then there's one more guy. You mentioned Thomas Bryant. For me, I want to see him the first two games or the first couple games. I know the first two are the easiest games for the team. It's against the Suns and the Nets. They're, they're most winnable games. But if he's not in shape, I don't know if they push him too much. Um, and then one guy I, I'm looking at as well is Shabazz Napier, a guy who's just unsexy, a guy who doesn't really have huge upside, but he's not going to cost you a lot. And without Bradley Beal, um, he's he might be their – after Rui, he might be their second most reliable scorer. So he's a guy I'm looking at for a guard position. He's probably going to get the most usage out of the guards, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. And just a cheap option I'm looking at if I need to, if I'm paying up for big guys. Yeah, that, that's a great call out. Um, I, I think um, another guy, I think you definitely got a memory in terms of another guy that might be worth a look as well. If, if he's priced accordingly, it was another guy that showed some flashes pre, uh, pre-pause was Moritz Wagner. Um, mm-hmm. He's another guy that, um, depending on the health of Thomas Bryan, um, he, he should get, if he's healthy, he should get a lot of run. And, and he definitely has quite a few tools um, in, 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 his, in his toolbox in terms of performance uh, from a DFS standpoint. So that's another guy that might be worth a flyer if he's priced accordingly. Okay. Yeah, I like that call too because it, it all depends on Thomas Bryant. If he's only playing like 20 minutes or so a game, you're not going to throw in Ian Mahinami. Uh, I'd probably butcher that name. <laughs> I, I butcher a lot of names if, if you guys have listened to me on Hoopball, other podcasts. But you're probably not going to throw a, a guy of that age in there. You're probably going to want to see what you want, what you have in Maurice, Maurice Wagner and uh, play him more. And as you mentioned, he's he's capable of blocking shots, getting steals, hitting threes, and doing getting some rebounds and scoring some points. So if he's getting 25, 30 minutes a game because Bryant is not up to par conditioning-wise or the team just – has no chance, and they say, oh, we don't really need to rush Bryant right now. Uh, yeah, that's definitely another guy to look at. So it's what's funny about bad teams is it's a lot more DFS-friendly when, when you're not a good team. Um, when you're a really good team, there's usually one, two, three guys that just get all the usage and you're always targeting. But in a bad team, when especially when your best player is not there, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of decent stuff to go around there. Awesome. But I think we're on the Rui and Troy Brown bandwagon uh, when the when the play starts. We both think that they're the top top guys to target on this, and they shouldn't cost you much at all. Absolutely. Yeah, and so we go from the Wizards, who are barely who barely made this bubble, um, and now we go to the Jazz. A, a team in the Wizards who we have quite a few people who are looking at to the Jazz. Uh, let's just throw a couple things out there on the Jazz. Uh, for the big news, the biggest of the news is uh, Bohan Bogdanovich is not going to play in the NBA restart. Uh, that is 33 minutes, which is 33 minutes and 20 points a game, 15 shots a game, and a 26% usage. Um, that's not going to be here in the restart. I know Conley was hurt all year, and those numbers are a little different when he's playing but that is pretty much what he's done all year um and then you have speaking of conley another big news he will leave the bubble sometime in late august for the birth of his child that means he's going to miss about a week of action maybe two games or so um so we have to watch out for that and another thing is i'll just throw it in there the donovan mitchell and rudy gobert relationship uh we can talk about that in a minute 
So what I want to ask is, how do you feel about the Jazz? They're missing their second-leading scorer and uh, a guy who's playing over 30 minutes a game. Where do you see this usage going? And are there people on the Jazz that you're targeting? Uh, Mitchell and, and Gobert are probably obvious, but is there anybody else that, or are you targeting them? Yeah, um, that's a great call-out. I, I think in terms of the big injury news, that's going to be a huge factor from, from the just efficiency standpoint and all the rest of the guys, Mitchell and Gobert included, um, it's going to put a lot more pressure on them. Um, so from a DFS standpoint, um, I think Donovan Mitchell is still going to be the, the stud um, of the group. But a, a guy that you mentioned briefly that um, before the, the pause was actually starting to come on quite a bit was, was Mike Conley Jr. Um, he was starting to be a little bit more consistent and a little bit stronger and not living up to the prison hype, but, but certainly getting closer to, to the kind of some of that star potential. Um, and Mike Conley Jr. is a guy that I'm going to look at heavily from a DFS standpoint as, as kind of a third uh, leg of, of, of the Utah Jazz um, core. I think he can potentially put up some, some pretty solid numbers, uh, especially as this Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert, you know, beef, n- not beef, beef uh, whatever you want to call it, is he continues to kind <laughs> of uh, dominate the headlines. I think Mike Conley can, can be a sneaky good addition. Uh, another guy that might... Uh, potentially carve out a little bit better of a role uh, as from a scoring potential and, and potentially DFS as well is uh, Jordan Clarkson, uh, a name mm-hmm. that we all remember uh, from from years ago. But he's a guy that should get a greater opportunity now um, on the Jazz with with the the Bogdanovich injury. Um, so that's something I'll, I'll look at as well. Yeah, uh, Dave, I, I think uh, I don't know what it is. I think we're we're on the same page in a lot of this stuff. Uh, I do like Mike Conley. I think he was playing a little bit better. Uh, without Bogdanovich, they need someone else to step up. I mean, um, Mitchell was already getting over 30% usage. He was already scoring 20-something points a game. They need someone else to fill in that void, and I think Mike Conley has the first chance at doing that. Uh, we've seen this guy be an all-star before. It, he He's not this bad as he was playing before, and as you said, he was starting to play a little bit better. Not the Mike Conley that we're accustomed to, but not the Mike Conley that we saw in the early portion of this year. Um, so he's a guy I'm definitely looking at because he's, he's going to be a lot cheaper than uh, a Mitchell as well. Uh, but you mentioned Jordan Clarkson. There, to me, Ingles, to me, is going to get the first chance in the starting lineup. But if he doesn't mesh with Mike Conley as he was not doing so earlier in the year, I wouldn't be shocked if they threw in Jordan Clarkson into that lineup uh, as a shooting guard bumped Mitchell down to small forward and then had Ingles lead the second unit because he he is a he's a pretty good point point forward and he could do that himself. So we'll see how that plays out. But that's something that I'm interested in. And as we mentioned, they need another scorer. And Clarkson is has been probably their outside of Bogdanovich uh, their second leading scorer I, I, with the he- people that are still healthy. He's probably their second most consistent scorer on the year. Uh, Gobert is Gobert. The interesting dynamic with Mitchell and uh, himself was deteriorating before the s- shutdown, and then that whole situation what Gobert did and then gave the virus to Mitchell uh they said they mended fences but we'll see that's that's going to be interesting we've seen people play with each other when they're angry and succeed like think Kobe and Shaq obviously Mitchell and Gobert are not Kobe and Shaq but we'll see how that plays out I but 
At the same time, Gobert's going to get more usage, and he does, he's not a usage guy. He puts his numbers in blocks, rebounds, uh, the dirty work. If he gets a couple more shots a game and a couple more dunks, that's only good for him. So he's obviously someone to look at in the right scenario. Um, and yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell is, is the alpha dog as usual. His, his usage should go up again, uh, maybe a few more points a game. But before Bogdanovich went down, this wasn't a team that I was always actively looking at because the Jazz are 25th in pace. Um, and it, it all, they don't, unless they're playing a fast-paced team, they like to slow it down, drag it out. So they were never a guy, people I was actively looking at for that huge upside. But without Bogdanovich, uh, these, the people that we've mentioned have to get a little bit more usage and step their game up. Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly a great point. I think the Jazz have always been kind of a contrarian type of build <laughs> in a lot of lineups, especially when there's so many of other potential high-paced matchups that Jazz are often overlooked. So they might be a great uh, kind of you know play if you're trying to differentiate yourself from the competition, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily target them on, on a day, day-to-day basis from in that standpoint. Um, but yeah. I would say the, the important thing for the Jazz especially uh, is that first game. I'm excited yep. to see how, how that game goes against the Pelicans because the Pelicans are the exact opposite when it comes to that. So that'll be interesting to see how the Jazz match up there. I was, you're taking the words right out of my mouth tonight because <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that first game with the Pelicans, who are number two in the in pace of play, and we'll get to uh, very shortly, yeah, that that's a game that you might want to target because that seems like a high-scoring game. Uh, and and we, before anybody gets a look of how the Bogdanovich situation is going to play out, maybe we jump on that first and, and see what happens. But that's definitely that should up the pace. Maybe not uh, the top pace of the night or the highest scoring game, but that the way the Pelicans play, you have to run with them, and I think that they can run with them now. Um, we'll see. But there there are a few other games like the the Thunder, the Lakers, um, the Mav or like people like that. Two games against the Spurs who. I don't think they want to really win games, so they might not fully play. Those games, uh, I kind of fade them a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I think the Pelicans is a good matchup for everybody on this team, especially the guards. Gobert against the Spurs seems uh, very reasonable with 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 no Aldridge there. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so it looks like we're on the same page right now. Uh, very weird. We don't always have that, but we still have two more teams. Let's see, let's see how we're doing. Uh, and what we have the, the last two teams we're going to touch on are the Celtics and Pelicans. And I think we're going to go in that order. Uh, that's pref- preferably my preference just because I am a, I am excited about this Pelican squad a lot more than I am about the Celtics uh, for a DFS standpoint. I think there's a lot more people that can contribute and, and have a big game. So we're going to go to, to Boston. Uh, the big news out of Boston are there's, there's relatively not much news, but there's some news. Uh, the big news is the biggest of news is, Kemba Walker, he's practicing on and off every other day, um, but it looks like his minutes are going to be restricted, especially in the first few games back and probably all eight of these playing games. Uh, the Celtics are close to being locked into that that seed where they are right now, so they don't really need to, to win or lose. Uh, they have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Heat. And they have their three games back behind the Raptors. Uh, it seems like the the worst they'll do is fall to four, but um, it looks I don't think they're going to rush Kemba because they need him for the playoffs. So that's something that we're definitely going to look at. Um, and then Gordon Hayward, another guy who is expected to leave the bubble in early September for the birth of his child. So that's something that we're going to have to pay attention to when he's out. And the last big news that I have is uh, Robert Williams is fully healthy to go, making 
putting the big three of Thies, Cantor, and Big Rob back in the lineup. So looking at those news and looking at how the Celtics played this year, where are you looking at in terms of your DFS contributions, and, and what are you thinking of when, when we start the play back up? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great call-out. So I think from a Boston standpoint, there's certainly quite a few intriguing situations to the monitor when we look at DFS, especially with kind of the restrictions on Kemba and the inclusion of a healthy Robert Williams III. Um, so for, for me, um, first and foremost, Jason Tatum is still the go-to guy um, from a real-life player standpoint and a DFS there player standpoint. Um, before the break, he was putting up consistently huge DFS numbers. Um, and I don't expect that to fall off at all um, as we hit the restart. I think he's going to be the, the huge focal point of the lineup. Um, another guy, uh, Jalen Brown, is another guy I'm looking at from that standpoint. He's another guy that, that's been pretty consistent throughout the season. Uh, and I think from a DFS standpoint, he's definitely uh, with Kemper Walker iffy on the minutes to begin. Um, I would say he's another guy I would look at heavy. Um, and then uh, from just from a curiosity standpoint, I'm really intrigued to see the kind of the minutes breakdown between Cantor, Tease, and, and Williams is going to be. Because in terms of just pure talent, um, everyone's fully aware of, of Robert Williams' just block, block ability. And, and, if, and DFS, if you can average three to four blocks a game, you can pretty much, at, at minimum salary, you can still hit value um, and exceed value pretty easily. So that's something that I'm going to be looking at very closely as we head into the restart from the yeah. Celtics standpoint. Yeah, I like that. Um, and for the most part, again, we're on the same page. I think what you said about Jason Tatum, he is the guy in, fan- in DFS fantasy, and he is the guy in real life. Uh, this is his team now, and good for him because he's been – playing he was playing out of his mind earlier or this whole year uh if you look at on the year he's averaging nearly 29 percent usage which is slightly the most on the team and 1.2 fantasy points per minute uh kemba walker's not far behind at just 28 percent usage and 1.17 but he his minutes are going to be curbed so as we mentioned uh there are going to be added opportunities for guys like jason tatum who is already playing great uh there's going to be added opportunities for jalen brown who is having a career year and Jalen Brown is usually priced um, fairly well. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to be highly priced, which is uh, something if you're if you're not looking to pay up for uh, Jason Tatum, he's a he's a nice fallback pivot there. And Gordon Hayward's going to get more uh, ball handling duties as he does when when uh, Kemba's not playing, and he's usually fairly priced too. So those are the three guys that I'm personally looking at, depending on the matchup, depending on uh, what their what Kemba's status is going in be- before the game and um, how, how I think it's going to shake out. But as far as the bigs, I like how you said Robert Williams could hit value as a cheap play because of his blocks ability and stuff. Um, to me, though, I want to, me personally, I want to steer clear of them. I, just knowing that all three of them are healthy and all three of them are going to probably split minutes. Maybe Robert Williams gets 12, maybe Cantor gets like 16. Thies is probably still going to play the most because he has played well all year. Um, but it won't be enough to really be worth it to me uh, so those three guys I want to see it ha- I want to see a few games before uh, somebody if somebody separates themselves and and uh, Steven says yeah I'm going to give him or him more minutes then I'll look at it but right now it to me uh, a trifecta at one position and they they can't play the four uh, maybe Thies could slide over to the four a little bit but uh, Rob and Cantor can't so 
I'm trying to, uh, I would stay away from them a little bit, but you're right. He could hit value if he has 15 minutes because he, he does block a lot of shots and very rapidly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think also another guy that you actually jog my memory about as well, um, that we kind of, kind of the forgotten hero, so to speak, for the Celtics <laughs> has been Mar- Marcus yep. Smart um, during the season. Whenever Kemba is, is limited or not or not in the lineups, um, his usage has definitely increased. And he's a guy that's going to get you a few steals. He's going to get you three-pointers. He's going to get you assists. Um, so he's another guy that can really exceed and hit value uh, pretty easily if Kemba is, is hovering around that 20-minute mark um, or even less. Yeah. He's a guy that he's a guy that uh, goes underlooked because he does the dirty work. Uh, to me, though, I don't think that he gets enough volume, even without uh, Kemba, to be someone that I want to actively target. Just because I think uh, I think other people on the court are going to like uh, we mentioned Tatum. I think Gordon Hayward gets more usage. Jalen Brown, Smart is a guy I like because he's he's never, he's usually fairly priced. Uh, it's all about pricing. We'll see what the pricing is when they come. But he's a guy that uh, he's averaging over a point, one point per fantasy minute with uh, Kemba off the court. And then you have Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown in a similar vicinity. Uh, but if we're looking at no Gordon or uh, no Kemba, Jason Tatum's jumps to all the way to 1.3. So I think it's him. Then everybody else is is an option, but a lower, a little bit of a lower option. But obviously, you're going to have to pay for Tatum. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it looks like, uh, the last team that we have, uh, before we get to the last team, I do want to say, uh, I forgot to say it a little bit earlier. My bad. Uh, everybody, if you haven't looked at it yet, uh, go check out manscape.com and use the promo code hoopball 20. You want your lawnmower 3.0 while you still can. Uh, this thing, I, I just got one. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I would recommend it to everybody. Uh, it's very hard to explain what it is or how to use it and, and how good it glides. Um, or I just, maybe I just did that. It, it glides very well and, and there, it never really stops. Uh, it's some, you can use it all over your body. It is a fantastic razor. So again, manscaped.com and use the promo code hoopball20 uh, to get your, your lawnmower 3.0 package. And it is the 3.0, not the 1.0, not the 2.0, the lawnmower 3.0. And uh, other stuff that we're doing around hoopball we have a lot new, a lot of new uh, team podcasts going out there. Uh, if if you if you haven't checked us out on them, check them out, check us out now. They're, we're pretty much covering almost every team now. There's a ton of teams out there. Uh, we have our sports betting podcast. We have our fantasy NBA today with with Dan. We have a lot of things going down. If you're looking at the website, it looks a lot different. We changed the colors. We changed the the layout. We changed a lot of stuff. Uh, it's very exciting time. We're getting gearing up for this basketball. We're not. Uh, we're not just uh, the same old hoop ball right now. We're we're getting ready to go at it, and I, I can't wait to see what happens next week. Um, but right now, we're talking about the last team, and I mentioned it's a team I'm very excited about. A lot of people are have been hyping up the Grizzlies and, and love the Grizzlies. I've been pretty much the same way with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I'm a Laker fan, and I do have a familiarity with Ball, Ingram, Hart, and I actually like all three of them. Uh, I was sad to see them go, but when you get Davis, you have to let some pieces go. Uh, but this team is, to me, is super fantasy friendly. Uh, they have the second highest pace in the league, um, and they have just so many guys who are very well priced. And uh, the big news on the team is, <clears throat> Zion, pretty much 
everyone's pretty much healthy that was playing before. Uh, Darius Miller is not playing still. And Zion Williamson left the bubble for a little bit, but he just returned today. And if we did this podcast a little bit earlier, we would have said, ooh, what does this team look like without Zion? Is Zion going to return? And uh, good thing, we, he returned before then. So he's gonna, he should be in healthy, and he looked to be in shape, and he is a monster to me. Uh, what do you make of this team? What do you see differently? How do you, what do you like about the Pelicans? What don't you like about the Pelicans? And uh, who are you actively targeting when we start basketball again? Yeah, so Santino, you definitely hit it on the head as well um, in terms of the fact that your affinity to the Lakers has made you well-versed in, in all things uh, ball and Ingram. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, as, a, as a lifelong Sixers fan, I'm definitely well-versed in the Drew Holiday sweepstakes as well. Um, so I would say um, he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting uh, from a DFS standpoint. He was putting up uh, very strong numbers before uh, the pause. So he's... He's among several targets. So he, I, I would start with him, um, along with, you mentioned Zion is back. He's back from uh, being outside the bubble. So he's going to be healthy and ready to go. Um, there's talks that he uh, helps sculpt his body a little bit. So he might be in actually better shape um, mm-hmm. than, than earlier in the year. So that's something to look at. So he's going to be an absolute DFS stud. Uh, from that standpoint, um, Lonzo Ball is another guy that's really starting to come into his own uh, finally in the NBA. So that, that's a, it's nice to see. Um, he, he can put up very strong DFS numbers. Um, so those, are, I would say, are the big three uh, for, for me. And then uh, other guys that, that also have pretty, pretty solid potential based on pricing. Uh, guys like Derek Favors, um, he's been pretty solid this year. As long as he gets minutes, um, he's the guy that can put up uh, 25 to 30 fantasy points uh, pretty easily, and he's usually fairly priced. Uh, so, so I would say those are are, are my main uh, looks in, from a fantasy standpoint, DFS standpoint. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty similar. I, I like I like Drew Holiday too, uh, but to me, my my number one option on this team, uh, you mentioned him, Zion Williamson. He did look slimmer. He did look leaner. Uh, this guy was already incredible. And he's fairly priced. He's not. He's not gonna go through the roof anytime soon. Um, well, maybe in li- literally jump through the roof, but in, in DFS pricing, he's not gonna go through the roof. But he's a guy that, if he looks leaner and and meaner, he is someone I don't want to play against. Uh, this guy is already at as a teenager, probably the strongest guy in the league. I I can't. It's very hard to say someone stronger than him after he rips the ball out of like a Giannis or anybody, anybody's hands with, with ease. Uh, and when you see him coming down the lane, he's just a freight train. He's, he reminds me of LeBron James, but a little, obviously different type of player, but just the size and, and the physical specimen that he is, it's, you don't ever really see this. You see this maybe once every 20 years, um, like LeBron James, but Zion Williamson to me, I think he's fairly priced and he's going to be my number one option. And then uh, number two, there's four people I'm really looking at. Um, him, Brandon Ingram. His play slipped a little bit with Brand- with Zion there. But if you're looking at if you look at his usage, it was is actually still leading the team in usage with Zion there. I know it's a small sample size. Uh, they only played about 259 minutes with Ingram, Williamson, Drew Holiday, uh, Favors, and Ball together. Um, but he still had the most fantasy points per minute at 1.28. Uh, Drew Holiday's another guy, 1.18. He had 20.6 usage. He's a guy, I, you mentioned him. Uh, Drew Holiday is consistently underrated. 
He's just always, for some reason, people don't consider him to be uh, up there in, in some of the best guards. But for two-way players, he's one of the best guards that's always underrated. Uh, he's probably in the top 10 as... Uh, no, not top 10 guard overall, but he's easily a top 10 shooting guard. Uh, but he doesn't get talked about it as he is. Uh, and in Lonzo Ball, you mentioned him. He was playing the best ball... Huh, no pun intended. He was playing the best ball of his career prior to the break with Zion Williamson. I think those two have fantastic chemistry. I am a big Lonzo Ball guy. I absolutely hate his dad, and I'm glad that he's completely like gone from the situation, and now he can just focus on basketball. And him and Zion have, have meshed very well, and I think his game picks up again. Um, so those four are, are going to be my main targets, probably in that order, um, but it depends on pricing and whatnot. But again, yeah, this team is second in the league in pace, and nobody's too priced priced too high to where you can't get maybe two of them. So I'm looking at them a lot, uh, and and you look at their their schedule. The they're playing the Jazz, they're playing the Clippers. Uh, when they play the Grizzlies, that's going to be a fun one. They're definitely going to run. Both teams are going to run the floor. Then they play the Kings. That's an easy game to target for them. Then they play the Wizards. They might just rest people against the Wizards because. Uh, they'll probably start blowing them out. Then they play the Spurs. Then they play the Kings. Then they play the Magic. That sounds to me that there is, besides the Clippers and, and Jazz, there's really no team out there that is a good defense. So I'm, I'm even looking at them a lot more because uh, they're fairly priced and they're playing teams that won't make the playoffs. And two two games against the Kings, the Spurs, uh, the Wizards, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, a great call out, and especially you mentioned teams, kind of teams like the Grizzlies and and teams like potentially the Kings, depending on, on where everyone is in the standings. Um, it's certainly going to be an interesting lineup as well, because if they start vesting guys in the second half, you might even see additional opportunities for some potential flyers on on guys, um, young rookies as well, like, like Jackson Hayes mm-hmm. um, is another guy that that, that might that might get an opportunity if if the Pelicans start getting to a place where they're getting closer to the playoffs. I think they're fighting for a playoff seed right now. So, so they're going to be hungry. And I think all these guys you mentioned are going to be in play from a DFS standpoint. Yeah, they they're definitely, they're tied for the ninth seed uh, with a couple teams and they're only half game against the Spurs who without Aldridge, I don't, I can't see them making it. Uh, The Kings, if Fox is back, they have a shot. Um, but yeah, they're tied with the Blazers for the, the ninth seed. All you have to do is finish within four games, but be that eighth seed. So they're going to need to play. Um, but yeah, if you're, you mentioned it. If they start resting people, Jackson Hayes is a guy to look at. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is healthy now. Uh, he, had, he just played a pretty well game, and this guy is not afraid to shoot at all. He'll run and gun with the best of them, so he's a guy you can look at if they start uh, resting people. So, th- I mean, the way that this team plays and the amount of pieces that they have— um, there's a lot of options here for, for DFS, and we'll see how we get there on pricing and how we react on the game slate. But to me, they have, out of all the teams we, we mentioned, they have the most options there to play. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be exciting to, to watch them in this restart. Yeah, um, and especially with that last seed in the playoffs, it's going to be uh, Grizzlies, Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings. I'm not really going to count the, the Spurs anymore or the Suns, but those four teams, if Fox is healthy, I, the the Kings have a little bit of distance, but those three teams are going to make it exciting, and uh, they definitely have something to play for. So to me, I, I think more so a team that has something to play for than like a Bucks. You don't really need to 
fully target the Bucks. They already have the one seed locked in. Um, so I would rather target a, a team that is coming to this bubble with to make a statement than a team that's coming to the bubble just to get some reps under their belt and make a deep playoff run. Yeah. And awesome. Down. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, that that's all we had for you guys. Uh, this was a fairly quick one we had. Um, we wanted to touch up on some news and, and notes. Um, we'll be back here again on, I believe, Sunday with Mike and Brenton. They'll tackle it. And then I believe Tuesday, Mike and myself are going to hit the last one. I think Brenton and Mike have... Um, Give me ones. I know Mike and myself have, and now I'm drawing blanks. We have the Lakers and Bucks to wrap it up. I think Brenton and Mike on Sunday have, um, I believe, the Pacers. Uh, oh, the Spurs. Nope, we did the Spurs. The Pacers, the Nuggets, the Mavs, and Thunder, four uh, rock-solid playoff teams. And then we do the Lakers-Bucks. And then Aaron and Mike will hit it off on Wednesday, or Thursday, the Thursday game slates when the NBA returns. And then... Dave, me and yourself will be back here next Friday talking actual basketball games, uh, breaking down an actual slate and getting ready right into it. And I think this is going to be fun. Uh, I had a pleasure working with you tonight. This is our first podcast together. I think uh, we meshed well, and I can't wait to continue working with you. You did well. I really appreciate it. It was, it was, it was great. It was, it was fun. Yeah. And um, Dave, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter if, if they're already not following you. And if you're not following Dave – uh, you should start tonight. <laughs> yeah, so you can follow me um, at D-M-E-N-K-3-3 uh, uh, at Twitter um, for, for, any, for any of my tweets. Awesome. Here uh, so and there, so, so look out for it. <laughs> awesome. So give Dave a follow, and you can find me at Santino Cocone. That's at my name. Uh, and um, you can find Hoopball at, at Hoopball. We have a ton of different Hoopball uh, Twitter accounts there. because We have so much going on here. Uh, it's going to be fun. We'll see you guys soon, but uh, continue to check in on Hoopball and uh, get your news and updates ready for DFS to start in less than one week. Can't wait, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.